0: Again, the URL is unchangedcrypto.substack.com. Hi all, I just wanted to share with you a blurb that Raul Pal, co-founder and CEO of Real Vision, wrote about my book, The Cryptopians, which comes out February 22nd. He said, Laura Shin brilliantly lays out the untold story of the rise of Ethereum amidst the crazy times of the crypto boom of 2015 to 2017 a story of high drama played out in the big stakes world of cryptocurrencies and cutting-edge technologies with a cast of characters worthy of a thriller novel. The only difference is that this incredible tale is all true, and the hero of the story, Ethereum, has gone on to even greater things. This impeccably researched book is a must-read for those wanting to understand the complexities and realities of creating one of the world's great technologies. If you have not yet Pre-ordered a copy of the Cryptopians, then don't forget to go to bit.ly B-I-T slash cryptopians. That's bit.ly slash C R Y P T O P-I-A-N-S to pre-order your copy today. Again, the link to pre-order is bit.ly slash cryptopians. And now on to the show. Hi everyone. Welcome to Unchained, your no-hype resource for all things crypto. I'm your host, Laura Shin a journalist with over two decades of experience. I started covering crypto six years ago and as a senior editor at Forbes was the first mainstream media reporter to cover cryptocurrency full-time. This is the January 18th, 2022 episode of Unchained. Buy, earn, and spend crypto on the Crypto.com app. New users can enjoy zero credit card fees on crypto purchases in the first 30 days. Download the Crypto.com app and get $25 with the code LAURA, link in the description this episode of unchained is brought to you by beefy finance the multi-chain yield optimizer beefy is the easiest way to earn more from your crypto deposit funds into beefy's secure vaults to auto compound yields across 12 blockchains got crypto choose beefy alchemy pay is the pioneer of the world's first truly hybrid crypto and fiat payment network that makes real world crypto payments easy, secure, and instant for both merchants and users. Alchemy Pay, bridging fiat and crypto economies. Today's guests are Gwendolyn Regina, Investment Director of BSC Growth Fund, and Sammy Karim, Ecosystem Coordinator at Binance Smart Chain. Welcome, Gwen and Sammy. Thank you, Laura.
1: Hey, Laura, how's it going?
0: So I am curious about both of your backgrounds. Why don't you each tell the audience what it was that you were doing before working on Binance Smart Chain, and then how it was that you came to work there and what your current role is? And why don't we start
2: with you, Gwen? Sure. So hi, everyone. Really glad to be here. So myself, I would summarize my my background as having spent the last 16, 17 years in the world of technology, startup, and media. I've won several hats. I've founded and and exited a tech media publisher. I was super lucky to have founded also an early stage investment fund, then global market expansion, always a range of things, but always in technology and again with media. So just before BSC, I was actually at a big tech company. So Facebook now, Matter, where I was building a new kind of accelerator program for the Asia Pacific region. And yeah, so I joined BSC a few months ago, and it's been an absolutely great ride.
0: And Sammy, what about you? What's your background and how did you come to BSC?
1: Sure. Great to be here. So uh, my background was really in the enterprise software space. So I was working on large-scale digital transformation projects, mainly in the education space, but also worked in other industries, financial services, healthcare, oil and gas, after that, I went to Consensus. So I was at Consensus for two and a bit years. And then after that, I uh, joined the BSC core team uh, supporting ecosystem growth.
0: So in 2021, Binance Smart Chain started the year with roughly 350,000 daily transactions and 50,000 daily active users. And there were about 200 decentralized apps. By the end of the year, you wrote in a blog post that Binance Smart Chain was then at 7 million transactions a day and 1.3 million daily active users with more than 1,100 dApps on the network. So how did that growth happen?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So I, maybe I'll tell you a little bit about the backstory of how BSC came to be. Uh, so BSE was a, a, a community project. It was one of the ideas that the uh, one of the developers in the Binance Chain team, uh, thought about would be an interesting experiment to do. Uh, so at the time, obviously, all of the decentralized apps and DeFi, everything was really happening on Ethereum mainnet. Uh, but we also saw that the infrastructure at that time wasn't able to support very large user growth. And then obviously recurring issues with network congestion and resulting in high transaction fees. So we thought about de- providing an alternative infrastructure, So initially, our targets, we thought like reaching 30% of the transaction volume on Ethereum mainnet would be success. Uh, But given the growth of BSC, kind of indicates the level of underserved demand that there really was. Uh, So for us, we were really focused on and thinking a lot about how do we develop and scale infrastructure that can support massive user growth? So how do we bring in tens of millions and hundreds of millions of new users into crypto? So we were really focused on uh, on that and we wanted to do it in a way that would be chain agnostic, language agnostic, client agnostic. But we did realize that the largest developer community and the most mature developer tooling and infrastructure was in the Ethereum and EVM ecosystem. So we decided to launch BSC as the EVM chain to allow developers to take advantage of all the developer tooling that exists but we just used a different consensus mechanism. So it's using delegated proof of stake. So that allowed for much higher scalability and of course, much lower transaction fees. So that's kind of the backstory of how BSC really happened. There wasn't really a grand plan around, you know, um, reaching that level of users. It just just kind of happened organically based on the market demand. And
0: so for listeners who you know, may have heard of Binance Chain. Can you just spell out the difference between Binance Chain and Binance Smart Chain?
1: Sure. So Binance Chain supports, or the Binance Chain team supports two independent but parallel blockchains. So Binance Chain was launched in 2019. It's a Tendermint, Tendermint-based chain, which was designed to run Binance DEX. It's, it's basically a single-purpose chain. So it, doesn't have the ability to run smart contracts. It's just purpose-built for to run Binance DEX. Just high, uh, high throughput, high-speed chains producing blocks every half a second. And Binance DEX for the listeners who don't know, it's a order book-based DEX. So because it doesn't have the ability for developers to build other applications there, and that was actually we received a lot of feedback from the Binance Chain community after the launch of Binance Chain to be able to provide an infrastructure that developers could build applications on like a general purpose chain. Uh, So those are, and and Binance Smart Chain is an EVM chain. um, So supports um, developers to build a wide range of different types of applications on top.
0: And so as you mentioned, BSC is built off a fork of Ethereum's Geth client and some of the other differences are that it has block times of about three seconds versus 13 seconds for Ethereum. And So I'm actually not sure what the maximum throughput is, but based off the record number of transactions you've processed in 24 hours, I thought maybe it was up to almost 200 transactions per second or something, as opposed to about 15 for Ethereum. However, there are only 21 validators as opposed to thousands for Ethereum. And those validators are chosen by 11 validators on Binance chain, at least as far as I understand. So one of the main characterizations of BSC is that it has sacrificed decentralization for throughput. And when I asked Twitter for suggestions of what questions I should ask you to, one of them asked, oh, you know, if it's DeFi on BSC, is that even DeFi? You know, is it even decentralized? So can you talk a little bit about why it is that BSC decided to make this trade-off and how you think about, you know, whether or not things are actually decentralized on Binance Smart Chain?
1: Sure. So, of course, this topic comes up a lot in, in the communities. So when we're talking about decentralization, I think it's also important that we talk about it in a way that's not binary on a spectrum, right? So, of course, BSC is not a maximally decentralized network when you compare it to Ethereum mainnet. So it does sacrifice some aspects of uh, network decentralization to optimize for scalability. But we have had a plan around progressively decentralizing various aspects around uh, the network. Uh, So validator candidate diversity is one of them. So in the initial period when we first launched and were trying to bootstrap the network, the validator candidate diversity wasn't a high priority at the time. But as the network grew, the interest from validator operators and the community also in, increased very significantly. So today, um, there's quite high level of validator candidate diversity, including, for example, Bison Trails, which is owned by Coinbase, running a public validator on BSC and, and many others uh, from the community running validators as well. But I think that's just the, the number of validators is just one aspect around the various uh, important aspects of decentralization. But I think also it's important that there's choice for developers and users. So for developers that require an infrastructure and their use case requires a maximally decentralized network that's available today with the Ethereum mainnet. But in order to really grow the number of users that can participate in DeFi, it, it became evident that there had to be alternatives, and that that's the case today. So you have, uh, for example, take Pancake Swap, which is the largest dex on BSC. It's the largest number of users among any DeFi protocol today. So that was really only possible because of infrastructures like BSC. So I think it's important that there is more choice for for developers and users.
0: So I've seen that BSC people have talked about, you know, that you believe when it comes to the crypto space generally, that there will be a multi-chain future. Can you talk a little bit more about what that will look like and how BSC will fit in?
1: Yeah, that's another topic we spend a lot of time thinking about as well. So we do believe that the web three will be powered by an internet of blockchain and a network of networks. And we're just seeing that start to emerge today. So if you look at the number of EVM chains, It's growing rapidly. There's a number of different ecosystems also continuing to grow and bring in net new users into crypto. I think for us, that's the most important thing. So we're super happy seeing more infrastructures coming alive and uh, being able to support massive user growth. Um, We're also starting to see a lot more technologies around interoperability happening in a number of different ecosystems. I think that will also support the development of really cross-chain applications that aren't really possible today or that are not very very scalable or uh, effective from a cost perspective. So I think supporting that type of innovation for us also is is super exciting and important.
2: Maybe I can also chip in here, Laura, right to to kind of bringing that topic of multi-chain world from the investment point of view, if I may. So... From investment investment point of view for the BSC fund investment program, when we look at projects and dapps, you know, we also support a multi chain. Well, people ask us like, "Hey, are you only investing in projects to build on BSC?" And we're like, "No, right? We support a multi chain. Well, please build on many um, chains as possible, right? As many as you want that you think is relevant. But yes, we 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 do have a preference for hey." these build on BSE. Of course, we can offer you all the support you know for you to be engaged with the BSE ecosystem, but really we support a multi-chain world.
1: Just to add another point here as well. So the BSE chain ecosystem will also become increasingly multi-chain. So if we think about how do we reach a billion users, like what does a pathway to a billion users really look like? The current chains and current architectures, I don't believe will really be able to support bringing in a billion users into crypto. Um, So we will, and we are today already seeing that the current BSC chain is kind of reaching the the capacity or limits of the number of users that it it can really support. And for other types of applications, if we look at gaming, for example, which probably has a pretty clear pathway towards hundreds of millions and eventually a billion users, it requires different types of chain architectures. Um, It could be private sharded chains or... I don't think there's any kind of consensus yet on what are the type of architectures can really support that level of user scaling. But we want to experiment with different types of chain architectures and provide the infrastructure that will allow developers to build those applications that will bring in hundreds of millions of users and eventually a billion users.
0: And so Gwen, when you were saying that you you know, also invest in projects on other chains. Are are you saying that they would be ones that build on multiple chains, including BSC?
2: Yeah. So we have invested in some projects that are live uh, mainnet on other chains and have a plan to build on BSC. So that is good enough for us for now, right? Because for us, you know, we are, again, fairly chain agnostic, but really that, um, again, we support a multi-chain world. But the plan to BSC, uh, we prefer that to be in a picture because, again, we want to, you know, feed this, DAP, this team into the larger ecosystem because we can do so much more to help them be more engaged, you know, partnerships and stuff like that, um, of which um, Sammy is leading the, those efforts as well.
0: And so in this multi-chain world, how does BSC see itself like in terms of, do you imagine that the chain will take on a particular niche Like, for instance, it will be kind of more focused on either DeFi or NFTs or gaming or something like that? Or does BSC see itself as the dominant smart contract platform?
2: Maybe I can start off and then Sammy can join in, right? So, you know, I think ultimately we're all in this space because we like the paradigm shifting, you know, potential of the technology. So for myself, you know, when I look at it, I just really like innovation across the space, right? So when I look at depths and I look at what's going on, it's really about, hey, let's grow the pie together again, right? So again, the rising tide lifts our boats. And so when it goes back to kind of what we're looking at in terms of like chain usage, you know, I think the the jury's still out. So on our side, we are focused on certain investment categories, you know, we are set- Focus on how can we again onboard the next billion users, right? The first billion users to crypto in general, right? And then of course we grow from there. So when we look at those uh, with that in mind, we, we are focused on finding more DeFi projects, advanced DeFi, you know, NFT gaming. We announced, um, MetaFi, for example, as a, as a coherent thesis that we are looking at, uh, we are investing in that includes NFTs, social Fi, DAO enablers as one kind of project gaming, for example, right? So we see several themes across um, the domain and we believe that, you know, these will bring in much more the mass market. So really bridging Web2 and Web3 as well so that we can get to the next billion users. So um, for us, you know, in terms of focus on a particular chain, I mean, we are, from a technical aspect, doing way more to support the different potential usages. Um, But as for now, I think the jury is still out. Sammy, what if anything to add
1: on that? Yeah, I largely agree with that. So I think the the current BSC chain, I think, will largely be occupied by DeFi protocols, and the de- majority of DeFi activity will stay on the current BSC chain. And then other infrastructures and other chains that we uh, launch and support will be used for other types of use cases, primarily so gaming to congregate on uh, gaming projects to congregate on certain chain infrastructures. Uh, other types of applications on 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 other infrastructures. So the game gaming chains, for example, will be more suitable for gaming applications. Be, they might have significantly lower transaction fees. So today the transaction fees on the current BSC chain is around 30 cents. So probably not that suitable for the majority of gaming applications, but the future chain infrastructure is likely to be fractions of a cent, so much more suitable for those types of use cases. Uh, but ultimately, it will be up for up to developers and users to decide.
2: And I think um, I'll add on to that as well, right? So to bring in that, the whole idea also of, you know, Sammy mentioned transaction costs and speed, right? So we talk about security and stuff like that as well. Like, I'm not sure whether the different use cases, again, require the same level of choice in terms of the variables of trade-off. Again, so I I also align with with Sammy. So I think what just to make the point that I think for us, you know, um, we look at a future and there's still a lot to be written. I think you know there are certain directions in which we are going, and the world and the ecosystem across the chains is going. And uh, yeah, it's exciting to see how that will evolve. And at the
0: moment, what kinds of developers would you say are choosing to build on BSC as opposed to other smart contract platforms? And kind of on the flip side of that among the full universe of crypto users, who would you say is the typical BSC user?
1: I think it's pretty varied. So so starting on the first question, I think today we're seeing the bulk of development activity and projects. Uh, Still a lot of stuff happening in the DeFi space. We're seeing very significant growth happening in the gaming space. We're seeing some projects in um, the social FI category and then others like in the longer tail that are looking at use cases around uh, institutional digital assets, um, and other types of use cases. Uh, user profile, it's, it's difficult to, to, to categorize. I think it's super broad right now because we've seen user growth really globally across almost every country. And also the types of users as well are also quite broad. But I think it has BSC, the current BSC chain has the ability to support a much wider range of user profiles, including users which much smaller net on-chain net asset values.
0: And so I actually, you know, earlier when I asked you kind of what the focus would be, I actually thought you guys were going to say gaming because I did notice that gaming makes up over 50% of transactions on BSC. And I also saw that the Growth Fund announced a program in early December with Animoca Brands to invest $200 million into gaming projects on BSC. So why, you know, have you, kind of put that focus there, especially since you were saying that you felt the current chain can't really support that kind of activity?
1: I think it's been really driven by what's happening in the market generally. So I think if you look at this year, the Axie Infinity story has really captured the imagination of a lot of people. And that's also driven a lot of the activity from the developer community as well. It hasn't been like something that's intentional intentional or that we've been trying to drive. It's just happened organically, so I think we've seen a lot of inbound demand from game developers and and different a, a range of different types of game studios, uh, more traditional game development firms that are looking at developing blockchain games and they're coming to BSC because they do see the largest number of users there, among other factors.
2: To add on as well, like gaming is in the real you know web tool world, it's such a big use case. And it's something that's really captured the masses, really, for lack of a better word, right? And so when we see that, again, the t- the taking off of the X's, Axie and then the Axies of the w- wannabes, right? And other games, you know, really um, having a way more users, we really see this trend as like, hey, this is a really great use case. How can we capitalize on it to, again, offer users more choice, more options for games? For, for chains, for example, as well, and just much more u- better user experience, right? So gaming is one focus because of that, because it all leads back to our, our goal of onboarding the next billion users. But that doesn't mean that we don't focus on other things, because when we talk about crypto, it's about financialization of of many industries, right? So we are looking across the space. You know, we talked to, and Sammy mentioned a few categories we look at, right? So we've talk about the innovation and the kind of developers building on it. We see just many different kinds of, of, of teams, you know, we've seen uh, people building AI as well. For example, we invested recently in in, in a project that enables NFTs to be AI, AI NFTs, intelligent NFTs. Right? They're super interesting, Aletheia. So we we see a, really a range of developers building on BSC. And so
0: you know, as we mentioned earlier, at the moment, probably with the throughput that's available on BSC, gaming probably may not be able to take off um, to the same extent it it could in in the future. So at this moment, what is BSC's scaling solution or, or plans for scaling?
1: Yeah, so we are looking at what the future looks like uh, from an infrastructure perspective. We know that we, or we want to experiment with different types of chain architectures. I think in the short term, the community can expect to see private sharded chains that will be primarily occupied by gaming projects. And then later, other types of L2 solutions uh, and other types of chain architectures could be chains that are not EVM as well. Um, So basically, we we want to serve the developer demand, whatever that might be. Uh, So we'll run a number of different types of experiments and focus on how we can really support the scaling from an infrastructure perspective.
0: I also wanted to ask, so Gwen, you know, you've been talking a little bit about how you've been deploying the $1 billion growth fund. Can you just talk a little bit more? So we talked about gaming, like what, what other kind of are your top priorities and how are you looking at different projects that you're, you know, eyeing for investment?
2: Yeah. So I would take a step back first and kind of give a a rough overview of the $1 billion uh, growth fund. So we have four pillars uh, that we segmented the $1 billion into. So this is to target different uh, people involved in the ecosystem. So the first 100 million goes to talent development. This basically means we want to really educate um, more people uh, about the ecosystem, about crypto and blockchain. So this means working with, with higher level, uh, like institutions, you know, to educate again into R and D projects as an example. We have 300 billion focused on incubating and working with the top depths and builders so that's primarily through our most valuable builder program so it's an accelerator and recently we just announced mvb season four where this time it's going to be investment focused as well so that's how we're deploying the funds where we want to bring in a top depths and then this time also newer depths right who are much more innovative and we want to hey you know put uh more funding behind you investment money behind you but also incubate you and Another bit, uh, another part of the pie is uh, uh, 100 million for liquidity incentives. So, this is really to kind of incentivize our uh, dApps to help them. You know, we want to see long term vision um, in terms of how they will grow, how they can, uh, we can help them provide sustainable liquidity. We kick them off, but we really want to see them, you know, have a concrete plan to make sure that their debt is sustainable and is growing uh, as well. And the last bucket is 500 million with dedicated to investments. This is where is is where I kind of talked about earlier as well in terms of Mattify and stuff like that, where where we do direct investments. So over um, the last year or so, since the BSC uh, started deploying and distributing capital, we've made uh 40 over investments into again various projects, everything from infrastructure, Web three infrastructure to web and dev tooling to to different depths, like again DeFi, GameFi. Um, and you know, more innovative ones. So we're looking as, in, again, a more social fire as well. And so
0: here we've been talking all about Binance Smart Chain, which, of course, has the name Binance in it. Can you talk a little bit about how Binance was involved you know, from the beginning and then what its current relationship is to BSC? Yeah,
2: so BSC was, uh, you know, Sammy briefly kind of mentioned it earlier, right? So BSC was kind of an initiative, essentially, from the Binance Chain team. And it got huge, huge support from from Binance. But now, you know, really, it's it's run, you know, very autonomously. You know, we are looking at a BSC on our own. Like this is the BSC core team.
0: And for the one billion dollar growth fund, um, where did that
2: money come from? Sponsored by Binance.
1: Yeah, I can just add in here. So uh, uh, because uh, BSC, of course, like transaction fees and. Uh, the, the validator node staking is is all denominated in BNB, so obviously, Binance are huge supporters for us, and, and CZ as well is a massive supporter and advocate for 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 BSC. But I think we've reached a stage where we're also progressively decentralizing that part as well, where we become more community driven and and run more independently, and may have other organizations and groups supporting uh, BSC in the same way that that Binance does in the future.
0: So you talked about BNB and that used to be burned every quarter based on the profit of Binance. However, the, I guess, algorithm you could say or the the calculation by which the BNB would be burned recently changed. Can you tell us how that's now determined?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, we implemented recently a real-time burn mechanism. So it's uh, similar to the mechanism on ETH mainnet in which ETH is burned. Uh, so using the same mechanism on on BSC. So it's basically based on the transaction volume uh, that's happening on, on BSC mainnet, uh, which is burning uh, BNB in real time.
0: All right. So in a moment, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the features and potential issues or problems with BSC. But first, a quick word from the sponsors who make this show possible. Alchemy Pay is the pioneer of the world's first truly hybrid crypto and fiat payment network that makes real world crypto payments easy, secure, and instant for both merchants and users. It is currently being used by merchant partners in more than 70 countries for online and offline, consumer to business, and business to business transactions. Through partnerships with Shopify, NIUM, and Binance, as well as integrations with Algorand, Polygon, and Avalanche, Alchemy Pay is making crypto investment, commercial transactions, and DeFi services readily accessible to consumers and institutions in the fiat economy. Head to alchemypay.org to see how you can facilitate easy crypto acceptance for your business. Follow Alchemy Pay on Twitter. At, at Alchemy Pay, bridging fiat and crypto economies. Finance is changing. Strategies are changing. Holding is changing. Beefy Finance, the multi chain yield optimizer, allows you to maximize passive income while you sleep. Simply deposit your crypto into Beefy's secure, industry leading auto compounding vaults to put your funds to work. Each one of Beefy's 740 vaults automatically reinvests the interest gained on your crypto deposits, earning you more while saving you time and fees. BEEFY's strategies create bank-busting APYs with 0% deposit fees at the click of a button. Join $1.4 billion of investments and understand why so many users trust BEEFY with their financial independence. Visit BEEFY.Finance and take control of your financial future. Join over 10 million people using Crypto.com, the easiest place to buy, earn, and spend over 150 cryptocurrencies. New users enjoy zero credit card fees on crypto purchases in their first 30 days. With Crypto.com Earn, you can get industry-leading interest rates of up to 8.5% on over 40 coins, including Bitcoin, and earn up to 14% on stable coins. With the Crypto.com Visa card, you can spend your crypto anywhere, Enjoy up to 8% cash back instantly, plus 100% rebates for your Netflix, Spotify, and Amazon Prime subscriptions, and zero annual fees. Download the crypto.com app and get $25 with the code Laura. Link in the description. Back to my conversation with Gwen and Sammy. So, as we have mentioned earlier, Binance Smart Chain was forked from Ethereum. However, also some of the main dApps on BSC were forks of uh, applications on Ethereum, such as PancakeSwap being a fork of Uniswap, Venus being copied from Compound and MakerDAO, etc. I mean, there's another one uh, that's popular called Autofarm, which is a copy of Yearn. And so what do you have to say to people who criticize BSC And the applications on it for just being copies of Ethereum and its popular smart contracts.
2: I I would say that when we when we look at it, when we look at the space, you know, um, Ethereum was was the the first, you know, computer programmable blockchain, right? The first smart contracts uh, chain, or platform, and it's done immensely well, right? So it's amazing the amount of innovation that's happened there. But at the same time, when we look at the growth of the entire ecosystem and the growth of what's happening on BSC, there's also been a lot of innovation. We know we've got like Dairy Protocol, for example, doing everlasting options, you know, with I mentioned earlier, for example, Alethea, you know, doing intelligent NFTs. So we've got a lot of developers building, you know, new stuff and kind of thinking like from the ground up what they can do with with Web3, essentially. So I would say that, you know, for us, what we're looking at, again, is always like, it's not just BSC, we're looking at innovation in the space and we want innovation to thrive across all the chains.
1: Yeah, I'll just add on that. So BSC is a public permissionless chain. So anybody can deploy contracts on there. Of course, we're trying to provide some guidance to the developer community. uh, But a lot of those projects that you mentioned are community projects. So they're just, I think at the time when, uh, if we go back to DeFi Summer 2020, uh, when really Compound the launching Comp kicked off, like the whole yield farming and massive growth of TVL in in DeFi, there wasn't really alternatives. Like everything was happening on ETH mainnet, and uh, th- like a lot of users were being priced out, like fifty dollars, hundred dollar transaction fees at the time. Um, so when the BSC infrastructure was launched, developers and users started to see that there's an alternative here. And then that started to grow very rapidly as well. Uh, so I think the DeFi ecosystem for sure, on BSE for sure was leveraging a lot of the innovation that was happening on, on, on Ethereum. But today there is a lot of innovation happening on BSE as well in the infrastructure space, in the DeFi space and, and and others as well.
0: In early 2021, many transactions on BSC were failing and people were tweeting screenshots of contracts that, for instance, had 680,000 failed transactions within 17 hours. And even recently, uh, last week, when I asked people on Twitter for questions that I should ask you, somebody named the DeFi Avenger replied Is BSC broken? I bridged for two projects recently and got more failed transactions than all my other DeFi experiences combined on ETH, Poly, and Avalanche. Transactions that did go through on BSC were very slow not going back there again. So why are there so many failed transactions on BSC?
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair question. So I think over the last one year or throughout 2021, uh, when we went through different growth patterns, we had some periods where there was uh, uh, all-time high network transactions was around, I think, 13 million, but we did have a lot of challenges in supporting the scaling of the infrastructure. So I think inherently EVM architecture was not really designed for that that transaction volume. And a lot of the infrastructure as well, like data indexing and a lot of others, it's not only about the block consensus, but all the other infrastructure and tooling to support that transaction volume was never really designed for that purpose. So uh, there was a lot like a very steep learning curve for the whole developer community for a lot of the infrastructure providers. but I think uh, the the current situation is that the tooling and infrastructure has reached a level where we can support the the current and transaction volume, even if it goes to thirteen million transaction da- uh, daily transactions or even beyond. But it was kind of a difficult and painful learning process uh, but I think today. All the other EVM chains can also leverage a lot of the improvements that have happened across that infrastructure and tooling stack uh, to be able to support that that level of user growth. Uh, so definitely, it's been a, it's been a kind of steep learning curve, uh, but has allowed us to kind of reach a point where we're able to support the scaling of infrastructure uh, to where it is and much beyond.
0: There have also been a lot of hacks on various BSC protocols. In March, Meerkat on BSC was drained of $31 million, possibly by the team itself. In April, Uranium Finance lost $50 million. In May, an attacker stole $45 million from Pancake Bunny, and the Bunny token then basically collapsed. In May, there was possible price manipulation on Venus, which caused $200 million worth of liquidations, there was the Wood Game token named after the popular TV series, and that appears to have one, been one big giant rug pull. Coindesk eventually reported that some BSC users had just left the platform completely due to concerns about the safety of their funds. And I did also see that after May, BSC, or rather, that in May, BSC had accounted for 20% of all DeFi total value locked, but now it's only 6%. So, is BSE doing anything to address these issues, or can it?
1: Very good question. So, I think um, definitely there has been lots of exploits, but it's not unique to BSE. I think it became a very attractive target for the black hats and the malicious actors in this space due to the large number of new users, their large TVL in a lot of the DeFi protocols. But there hasn't been, there isn't really any way to kind of prevent that. It's really about user education. So it's about educating users uh, around how to evaluate risk, educating the developer community around how to think about security and security best practices. On the technology side, we are starting to see some innovative solutions on how to kind of prevent. So, like early detection systems, there's some really interesting innovations happening in. Mem mempool technologies that allow transaction simulations to detect large asset balance changes and do these kind of uh, technology types of solutions. But ultimately, I think the main, the m- most important one is around education for both users and developers.
2: And on that point, for the education bit, uh, Laura. So this is where, as well, under you know our efforts, you know we're sponsoring hackathons. We under the talent program, development program, we want to educate both a retail user as well as incoming developers and talent to the space more as to how security, again, is so important, right? As you said, funds and many people have been exploited. So we really want to make sure that the next depths that being built as well have great usability. Because usability is one way in which you help the users, you know, be more secure, right? So the users can, you know, we can educate the users, but if the devs can also do their part, right, by making their systems just le- less likely to make mistakes, I think that would be, be cool. So I think we're, we're looking at, you know, um, different efforts, again, a- across uh, the space as to how can we increase the level of education um, and security.
0: Sammy, when you were talking about the technological solution, so let's say that there is some kind of, attack happening at that moment, say with a flash loan, are you saying that somehow the technology could stop that in in mid-transaction or a, like how would that work? Because also there probably would be some legitimate uses that might get caught in that. So yeah, I just would like to hear a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so a, a number of these solutions are still in different stages of R&D, but there there was two exploits recently that happened outside of the BSC ecosystem. But basically the way that those works is it's basically like an early detection system. So there's bots that are monitoring Tornado and any any addresses that are funded through Tornado. Any contracts being deployed by those addresses, they'll analyze the events there and then provide like, Early detection or warnings to the project teams of those particular DeFi protocols. So that's one of the types of technologies that are being developed, and there's others as well. But I think the uh, those types of technologies will help to grow the whole DeFi ecosystem in a more anti-fragile way. Uh, so I think a lot of the exploits that happened over the last year were also indicative of the kind of nascent stage of where DeFi is at the moment, and kind of a lot of the challenges that need to be addressed.
2: We also leverage a lot of partners, Laura. So, you know, we, we work closely with Certic, PackShield. We have a bug bounty program, for example. We also work closely with RockDog, you know. So security is, uh, is important. So not just on the technical side of things, but also through partnerships.
0: So there was a recent GitHub post that called out that the chain isn't being run very well. And it was saying, basically, the developers working on the protocol are not doing a good job. It began... This is a blockchain with supposedly billions of value, yet it is governed and developed like the project of a stoned teenager. And then they wrote several bullet points. There is no code review. Patches are simply committed, in most cases, even without a proper description of what they do or what problem they try to solve. There doesn't appear to be any reasonable testing process in place. Every update appears to make things worse. There is zero responding to bug reports. Hundreds of people report non-syncing nodes or nodes falling out of sync. Response from the developers, zero. There is no beta testing. Stuff is thrown over the fence. And it goes on. There's more, but I won't uh, you know, read the whole thing. But they concluded, the root cause of the problem is that you mindlessly increased the block size and reduced the block time without doing the actual work required. What do you have to say to these criticisms?
1: Yeah, I think some of those criticisms are valid. So I think the, uh, for sure it's acknowledged the developer community, uh, the BSC developer community faced lots of challenges on, on running their own nodes and a lot of infrastructure related challenge. I think it's also really due to the current architecture, right? So Geth was not really like, we really pushed the, 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 the limits of how much Geth could be used. And so there's a number of issues around that, but we are seeing today as well a number of awesome community-driven initiatives. For example, the work that's happening uh, with the Aragon client team on developing a BSC-compatible Aragon client that will be able to support the operation of much easier operation of, of full and archive nodes uh, by developers. Uh, but I think for sure as well, like we're constantly trying to improve and we're sub- being supported by awesome developers in the community to drive a number of these initiatives.
2: And actually, I would say also, like, we welcome these candid posts, right? This is how we, we improve, you know, how our team gets feedback as well. We, 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 you know, we think feedback's a gift, right? And, you know, I think this also helps the entire ecosystem. So candid feedback is welcomed. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I would also encourage, so in that same post for listeners that um, can find it, uh, one of the BSC core developer teams also wrote a, a quite detailed post, which provides some really good insights around some of the stories and backstories around launching and then scaling scaling BSC. So I would highly encourage listeners to also check it out.
0: And so it sounds like you feel like it's more of a technological issue with kind of like pushing the boundaries of Geth, Because, you know, the way that this post was written, it really seemed like they were saying it's more of an organizational process type issue.
1: It's not really that. It's more around the infrastructure challenges. And I do do understand the frustrations for a lot of the developer community would have faced over the last year. But there's a lot of initiatives happening on how do we really... Um, support the scaling of infrastructure with this level of user growth and and transaction volume and uh, the current usage and where we really want to go as well. So I think for sure, there's been tons of issues on the infrastructure side, but I think there's a lot of initiatives and how do we really support, uh, address these in the short and medium long term.
2: And I think in the long term as well, you know, Laura, we again, we mentioned that we we're trying to get a 1 billion, right? Our all-time high for BSC was 2.27 million. So we have a long way to go. So we have a lot more things to do, right? Even on the technical side, we are aware of that. And we are the team is, is looking into that.
0: Another user wrote on GitHub uh their name was Null Qubit. And they talked about a BSC transaction in which it appeared that a validator prioritized a transaction that had a gas price of zero. And that the validator then received a transfer of BNB, which qubit speculated was quote possibly as payment for the special treatment. And in, in the post they noted that there were many similar transactions with the same behavior and that the transactions weren't publicly visible from the transaction pool, which raised the possibility that these were transactions that were submitted directly to the validators. And then they wrote, Clearly, there is an agreement between the originator of the transactions and the validators, and the goal is to perform front-running without risk. And then Null NullCubit noted that since the gas price was zero, there was no burn. And then they said, it's possible that this is another thing these validators are starting to explore to bypass the burn feature and maximize their profits. What is your response to this post?
1: So this is happening on a number of other ecosystems. So there is like a, a growing market today for Transaction ordering that started really on Ethereum as well, but it's happening on a lot of the other EVM chains. So there is growing market demand from professional traders and others, and these types of use cases. I think this type of activity will grow. Like there's growing market demand around it. There's not really much we can do to stop it. Like the it's really being driven by growing market demand.
0: Okay, so at this moment. We probably, I'm sure we're all aware, there's very much a a heated competition at the layer one level. And initially, you know, I would say that BSC was among the chains called an Ethereum killer. I don't even know if people are still really using that term anymore. But one of the younger ecosystems than BSC, which is Terra, recently overtook BSC as the DeFi protocol with the second highest total value locked. And so currently, there's 17 billion dollars held in Terra across 17 protocols versus 15 billion dollars for BSC across 277 protocols. Why do you think that this has happened?
1: I think it's largely driven by the uh, what's also happening in the market, given the uh, appreciation of, of of Luna. So if you look at the DeFi ecosystem on on Terra, it's um, quite concentrated on a few uh, on a few. Um, DApps, uh, but I think it's great. Generally, like the growth of DeFi across other ecosystems, going to support bringing many new users into into crypto generally. So I think more chains, more infrastructure, more new users are all all, all really awesome uh, for the space generally. Like I wouldn't really don't really like to get into like the comparison type of thing. And I think t- like TVL and DeFi is like one metric. You should look at like a number of different types of metrics, too, including users, uh, unique active addresses, unique active address growth, uh, community size growth, and a number of others to get a really more representative view of uh, what the user growth for any type of infrastructure really looks like.
0: And so some critics perceive that BSC has taken off because of the high fees on Ethereum and obviously also because of the throughput issues there. But if Ethereum scales and also brings down transaction fees, Then, what place would you see in the market for BSC?
2: It's great for all of us. I think, like, you know, Ethereum going to 2.0, you know, really just would make the entire ecosystem, you know, much more friendly. And I think the space for all, because again, we're only at like 200, 300 million crypto users in the world, right? There's just so many more billion to go. So, so for myself, like, super excited to see the progress, because for ourselves, also, we have, and Sammy shared earlier about some of our technical plans, we have, so much uh, more to achieve and with so much to do as well. So it's exciting, actually. And Sammy, did you want to add anything on that?
1: Yeah, I think the emerging layer two ecosystem as well is also going to help to support bringing many new users into crypto, providing more choice for developers as well. I think eventually we'll love to be able to leverage the expertise and experience that we've gained in supporting the growth of the BSC infrastructure to also the power, the growth and scaling of of other ecosystems and other chains.
0: Okay. But yeah, I mean, I just wonder if in that world, obviously Ethereum will be perceived as being more decentralized and then BSC will not have those advantages of the higher throughput and and cheaper fees. But, you know, I mean, even even now, I would say that if BSC is kind of like competing on those uh, factors that then Solana, uh, even at the current moment, kind of maybe is a more appealing choice for developers because it also offers higher throughput. It also offers lower fees, um, but it is still more decentralized than BSC. So what would you say, you know, is the appeal to developers who are still looking for that kind of environment?
1: So I think if we look at the the landscape and the, the situation today, just based on the number of users on BSC, which is larger than all of the other EVM chains combined, is what's really attracting the developers to come and build projects on the current BSC infrastructure. So I think as other chains and user growth continues to accelerate as well, developers will ultimately have more choice, but also users will, I think, eventually congregate and do the majority of their activities on chains based on different preferences. So it could be access points. It could be a number of other factors. It could be where their favorite NFT marketplace is. So uh, ultimately, I think the important thing for users is also the freedom of choice, but also freedom for the assets to be able to Move from like if NFTs are issued natively on X chain, be able to move those NFTs to chain Y where their favorite NFT marketplaces, and ultimately having more freedom for and choice for the users.
0: So as I mentioned on Twitter, I solicited questions for both of you, and one of them, Star Trade Seven, asked: Since Binance just has twenty one validators, what happens if the authorities decide to shut down Binance Smart Chain?
1: I think that would be pretty difficult because the validator candidate diversity today is like, uh, there's a number of uh, validators that are being run by groups that we don't know the identities of those operators. So I think it will be pretty difficult. Uh, I'm not sure really how the execution or enforcement could really happen.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I guess we would have to see. So last spring, Cipher Trace which Disclosure is a past sponsor of my shows, signed on to apply its transaction tracking and wallet attribution software to BSC, what exactly does that mean? Would DeFi on BSC be more similar to uh, using a centralized service, which has a typical kind of know-your-customer process?
1: No, I think that's more related to being able to analyze certain addresses, analyze certain transactions, especially ones that are, Blacklisted or known to be connected to certain types of malicious applications, or it's it's more related to that side. It's like the driven more by compliance requirements for certain exchanges to be able to I- integrate with that type of infrastructure.
0: Another question that I received on Twitter was Funk E Zero TX asked. What happened to Binance Bridge? Will it be replaced or put on ice for good? So, and when you answer, can you explain what Binance Bridge is and then answer the question?
1: Sure. So Binance Bridge is a one of the many types of bridges supported by BSC currently. So Binance Bridge allows users to bridge assets from a number of supported chains to BSC and it was leveraging some Binance infrastructure. Basically, we saw that the majority of usage was happening on other bridges, decentralized bridges. And it was one of the key focus areas in the initial period of trying to bootstrap the network, wanted to support a lot of choice in how users can bridge their assets to and from BSC. So we decommissioned Binance Bridge mainly because there was uh, the majority of, Bridging of assets was happening on other bridges that are currently still operation, and we're seeing more bridges come into production and being able to support bridging assets between a number of different ecosystems uh, so binance bridges decommissioned it's no longer in existence it w- it won't come back either
2: One bridge we supported as well for example, from the BSE fund is any swap right so we we support um yeah a lot of other projects out there, infrastructure.
0: So after BSC's huge year of growth in 2021, what are the plans for the chain in 2022?
1: Yeah, so we have a couple of initiatives that we're planning. We want to launch a number of new infrastructures that will support user scaling for different domains. So the first ones the communities can expect to see are for gaming-specific chains, so chains that are much lower transaction fees, potentially the same block speed, but will be much more suitable for gaming applications. So later we'll also look at launching other types of another chain architectures. So we want to try and run a number of experiments and then the ones that we do see developer and user traction for will support the scaling of the infrastructure for those. But I think we want to try and really support an experiment with different types of chain architectures with the view of, being able to support applications to reach hundreds of millions and eventually a billion users?
2: On the investment side of things, uh, we constantly are still looking for super interesting projects, steps, again, across kind of the funnel, right? So everything from Infrastructure to kind of next level up of tooling in general, you know, be it blockchain tooling or just web tooling and really thinking about how to bridge web tool, web three. So we've made some new investments as well under the MetaFi thesis and category. We haven't announced them, um, but you'll see much more, many more announcements soon in that space. And we're looking for way more. So I think one big theme in which we really are backing on um, for this year, for 2022, is really DAO's. Right. We've seen DAOs uh, take off in several different ways. We think there's just so much more to be done with DAOs, right? This is a new way of collaboration. And yet it's not super easy actually to, to really start a DAO, you know? Um, so we want to again invest in more DAO enablers, you know? And, and just again in the space, you know, we always think about where will the mass use cases be? Right. And so we do that through direct investments. To something like our co-investment partnership with Animoca Brands. We're talking to a few more big pot- pot- potential partners as well and industry leaders to maybe do similar, you know, investment programs, you know, and it could be a much more strategic partnership where we talk about investments, incubation, you know, you know, collaborating with different ecosystems, for example. So there's a lot more um, planned for 2022 and it's uh, super exciting.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think DAOs are going to be big this year. I'm pretty excited about that.
2: <laughs> All right. Look forward to
0: our new investments, Laura. We'll keep you posted. <laughs> Please do. All right. Well, where can people learn more about each of you and your work?
1: So I'm on I'm on Twitter. People can follow me at uh my Twitter handle is CryptoMaxi, but the T is a seven. So I'm also on LinkedIn, but I'm mostly on mostly on uh, mostly on Twitter. And but also listeners can follow the latest developments and news and engage with the Binance Chain communities on our Twitter and our Discord. So head over to binance.org and you'll find all of the relevant links there.
2: On my site, you can find me on Gwendolyn Regina on Twitter. I'm also on LinkedIn. Across social media, my my handle is generally Gwendolyn Regina.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, thank you both so much for coming on Unchained. Thank you so much, Laura. Thanks so much for joining us today. To learn more about Gwen, Sammy, and Binance Smart Chain, check out the show notes for this episode. Unchained is produced by me, Laura Shin, with help from Anthony Yoon, Daniel Ness, Mark Murdoch, Shashank, and CLK Transcription. Thanks for listening.